You are Locked On Titans, your daily Tennessee Titans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Titans podcast. I am your host, Tyler Rowland. Titans fans, this Monday edition of the Locked On Titans podcast is presented by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Typically on an early off-season Monday here on the Locked On Titans podcast, we would be doing a combination of Mock Draft Monday, where we go over all the latest mocks for the Tennessee Titans, and a Mailbag Monday, where I answer your guys' questions directly from social media. But over the last few weeks, we have rightfully so put that schedule on hold as we were in the midst of the first wave of NFL free agency and talking about cap space, the Titans big signings, all of the different movement, but it is time to get that schedule back on track. So we will return to a mock draft Monday and a mailbag Monday on today's show. And the mock draft situation that I'm going to be laying out is quite terrifying and you may call it a nightmare mock for the Titans. So I used a mock draft simulator, took a look at the options, and I see two different paths the Titans would have if the board fell the way that it fell both times. And we are going to go over those two difficult choices. And then we will get into your guys' questions coming directly from social media at the end of today's show for a mailbag Monday. And we haven't done one for a few weeks, so I got quite a few questions to go over. But Two things. Tell me what decision you would have made in the Nightmare Mock Draft situation. And if you ever want to place your questions for next week's Mailbag Monday, you can do both of those on Twitter at Tic Tac Titans. Follow me there. Make sure you check out the new Facebook page for the show at Locked on Titans Pod. And make sure you never miss an episode of Monday through Friday Tennessee Titans content here on the Locked on Titans podcast by subscribing on whatever platform you do stream. But it is time to get back to our Mock Draft Monday and Mailbag Monday edition of the Locked on Titans podcast. Let's get it. dive into a nightmare mock draft Monday for the Tennessee Titans. Before we do that, just quickly want to point out the the crazy draft trades we saw this weekend. Of course, the Titans weren't included in the action, but we saw the Miami Dolphins go from number three down to number 12. The 49ers come up to number three to get their quarterback of the future. And then we saw the Dolphins trade back up into the top 10, going from 12 to six and the Eagles going back to 12. So that's something that we saw the Titans do a similar move, uh, obviously a little lower in the picks, different picks there were moved, but the Titans moved out of the top 10, then back into the top 10. So very interesting to see that. And it just secures the fact that there are going to be three quarterbacks taken to start this draft. And the draft really begins at pick number four with Atlanta seeing what they will do. But that's for another time. Let's dive into this mock draft nightmare situation for the Titans and I say that because in both the situations that I went through on the mock draft simulator that I was using, we saw 
Offensive tackle Tevin Jenkins. We saw wide receiver Rashad Bateman. And we saw cornerback Greg Newsom all go before the Titans pick. And that left me in a precarious situation. There were two different options that I really had here. And I, I went one direction in one of the mock drafts. I went the other in, in the first one that I did. And we're going to be faced with if all and obviously I would love JC Horn. I would love Patrick Sertan. I would love, you know, one of the top four pass catchers, Devonta Smith, Kyle Pitts, Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle, but the odds are, realistically speaking, the Titans aren't going to have a chance at either of the two top corners or the four top pass catchers. So, that's why I like Rashad Bateman. Been banging that drum for quite some time. Greg Newsome, who really flashed in his pro day, and when you add that into the tape that we've seen from him, it makes sense right there at 22. That's not terrible value, even if it's a tick higher than I think that he should go. And, and then Tevin Jenkins, I know that I've not been on the offensive tackle train, but the reality is is hitting me that the Titans have to consider an offensive tackle there and we'll get more into that when we talk about the tackle position specifically in our draft preview but if Tevin Jenkins, Rashad Bateman, and Greg Newsom, who I all think are good value for the Titans at 22 are gone before their pick then they are going to be left with this decision number one cornerback Caleb Farley. Now, Farley may go before Greg Newsome, and at times, this is the crazy thing, at times, Farley, I saw going as high as nine to the Broncos in mock drafts. A lot of people had Farley as their cornerback one at the beginning of the draft season, but uh, Patrick Sertan Jr. was very impressive in his pro day, and his tape matches up, and, and J.C. Horn has just been a rocket ship up draft boards to the point where now most people have him considered cornerback number one and the reason that Farley is dropping is because of his injury history so he had surgery on his back last week in 2017 he missed the entire season with a non-contact ACL he had back spasms in 2019 that caused him to miss two games he rumored was rumored to play through those back spasms throughout 2020 because he knew how important the year was to his NFL draft stock so there are lingering issues with injury injury with Farley. Can the Titans take a risk on a, a cornerback or a first-round prospect that's had career-long in college injury history, even though the talent is there. I mean, Caleb Farley gives you everything on tape that you would want from a shutdown corner. Press, he's long, twitch up, the great athleticism, good change of direction. Like I said, plays press man coverage, which is what all the elite cornerbacks in the NFL have to do nowadays and the most difficult thing to do. So he can do all of those, although he needs to improve in zone coverage. He needs to improve his tackling but here's the thing he started as a quarterback in high school came into college as a wide receiver before transitioning to cornerback so he's still new to the position but still shows you uh, everything you would want from a guy who's been playing it for many many years so Farley is a is an intriguing option there at 22 because his his ceiling is a number one shut down lock down corner and he was being mocked as such early in the draft season, but now with the injuries, with the back surgery, can the Titans take a risk like that considering what their draft class was last year? And if they don't do that, well, then their other choice is 
Edge du jour. Which flavor of edge rusher do you want? Do you want Quiddy Pay? Do you want Gregory Russo? Do you want uh, Aziz Ujulari? Do you want Jalen Phillips? Do you want Jason Owe? All of those guys were available in both of these mock drafts. Everybody went early with offensive tackle. Everybody went early with pass catcher. Everybody went early with quarterback. Everybody went early with cornerback. So in that scenario... Which option do the Titans take? I say it's a nightmare scenario because, like I said, Tevin Jenkins, Rashad Bateman, and Greg Newsome, uh, they display the best value for the Titans at pick 22. But if all three of those guys are gone, do you want Caleb Farley and take the risk on injury but the high upside talent? Or do you want to go with an edge rusher? And you may say, oh, yeah, easy, edge rusher. But the Titans just spent big money long-term on Bud Dupree. They have Harold Landry, who's probably going to get an extension next offseason. So now you take another edge rusher. I think the Titans need another edge rusher in the draft. But at this point, taking one in round one may not be using your resources as best as possible considering the wide receiver and cornerback position where it's at for the Titans and still offensive tackle now so that's why I like those other three players better at 22 and not only that but I just listed five edge rushers I may not even have listed your favorite edge rusher so the value of edge rusher is going to be later in the draft early second round mid second round where the Titans could consider a trade up and spend a lot less than having to trade up in the first round for one of the guys that I mentioned before. So it's a really tough task. It's a really tough decision if the Titans are faced with that. In my opinion, we have to hope here that one of Tevin Jenkins, Rashad Bateman, or Greg Newsom is there at 22 because as much as we would all say right now the Titans can then trade down, well, it takes two to tango, and who knows who's coming up to 22 to, to take the Titans pick and give them more draft assets. We just don't know. So that is the nightmare scenario I see for the Titans in terms of the two mock drafts that I simulated. We are going to move into Mailbag Monday. I have a ton of your guys' questions and a lot of Tennessee Titans talk ahead. Before we get into that, though, do want to remind you guys about BetOnline.ag. We are still in the March Madness Tournament. Also, we have NBA heating up, getting closer to the playoffs. NHL is in full swing as well. BetOnline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to place all of your bets on all the sports action. Make sure that you head to their website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up for free today, and you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit by using promo code LOCKED. On. So go to betonline.ag today. Once again, use promo code locked on for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. weeks of talking free agency, which I most certainly enjoy, don't get me wrong, I'm excited to get back into the mailbag and answer some of your guys' questions. I always enjoy the interaction, but before we get into this week's mailbag, I do want to remind you guys about the Locked On Today podcast. All the biggest sports stories from all the major sports, under 20 minutes. I always say it's like having the sports section read to you every single morning by the great Peter Bukowski from the Locked On Packers podcast. Make sure that you guys check out the Locked On Today podcast on Radio.com's app or whatever platform you do stream podcasts. Also, to start the mailbag, uh, Six String Trucker reached out to me on Twitter on Sunday night and didn't have a question but asked if I could give a shout out to 
a GoFundMe that they put together to help deal with some of the storm damage and flooding that impacted the Mount Juliet Little League uh, Baseball Association there. So I retweeted that link on Sunday night. Make sure you check out my Twitter timeline at Tic Tac Titans if you have the ability to donate anything to help them out. Also, if you ever want to submit a question to the mailbag, follow me on Twitter there at Tic Tac Titans. I usually put up a tweet every Sunday afternoon asking for questions. You can tag me in a tweet and send me your question at any time. I'll make sure to bookmark it. If you want to go a little extra mile, you can put in a review on Apple iTunes. All the reviews help, and I got a few of those to talk about as well, so I appreciate those. Um, Speaking of, someone who asked a question and put in a review is my boy Tyler Chandler, with an O, not an E, though. That's how we're different. But his question was, who is your all-time favorite Titan pre-Olympian god? And I'm going to go with Prometheus, the the trickster and the god of fire. Um, I don't know why, but I am drawn to uh, to the trickster mentality there. I just love it takes a lot of intelligence to be a trickster and, and to be able to uh, manipulate other people in the way that he was able to. So I gotta go with that. The next question I have here is for Ryan C. And I also want to thank Ryan C. and Tyler for waiting. These questions are from a few weeks ago before free agency took off. So thank you for being patient to get your answer. But Ryan's questions were some personal ones. Do you have any animals? My wife and I have a dog, Kratos. Nice. And two cats, Nebula and Gamora. Very nice. Uh, Yeah, I have a dog named Kobe. I talk about him, uh, I think, quite often on the show, but it's probably not all that often. I just get worried I talk too much about him. But that's my boy. Uh, He's eight and a half years old. I love him very much. Obviously named after Kobe Bryant, who is my my hero, my sports idol, as a lot of you guys know as well. And then he also said, you mentioned a full-time job. What line of work are you in? Uh, so I do logistics and transportation as my regular job or whatever. Who really cares about that, though? It's boring. It's just work like all of you guys do every day. It's just a job to pay the bills, of course. Uh, hoping and we are progressing uh, to maybe doing this a little bit more full-time. But uh, next question we have here, we are getting into the more recent questions. Wanted to empty out the queue a little bit, but the next one I have here is from Teddy Foth, and he says, if you were J-Rob, what roster moves would you make included uh, the draft? By the way, thank you for always writing back and not getting annoyed with me. I am just have no one to talk to about the Titans. Teddy, man, that's what I'm here for. That's We're all here to talk about the Titans together, but I like the roster moves J-Rob has made so far. I mean, it's kind of hard to break down an entire offseason of roster moves, but uh, for me, getting into the draft, like to see wide receiver, like to see cornerback, uh, like to see uh, an edge rusher. Now I don't think the need is so high in the draft, but they can go a little later in the draft with edge to add some depth. Uh, obviously, there's a need at offensive tackle to have somebody they can maybe groom to compete, but you can do that in the first three rounds. I think some depth on the back end is needed, whether that be interior linebacker or safety, one of those two positions I would like to see. Um, so that that's that's kind of where I see it. Uh, maybe interior offensive line, it depends how they want to move around the board. I think the Titans can leave the draft with about five players, and I think if it's the right positions and the right value, then uh, it, can, uh, it can be very helpful to the Titans getting an opportunity to win a Super Bowl. I mean, that's really what we're we're working towards here. Next, got a question from Slappy. What's up, Slappy? Always asking some good questions. 
says, I think it might be important to not overload Henry on carries this year. He looked out of gas against Baltimore. Where do we go in the draft to really give the Titans offense a nice slider to complement the fastball and change up? We already have, I say, trade up for Pitts. Okay, so Slappy, you've obviously been listening to the show. I've been talking about the Titans needing to diversify their offensive attack so that they do have a slider or curveball. That third pitch, we know that the Titans have the run game. We know that they have play action, but they need something else that they can rely on as a third option when things get tight as well because of that Baltimore game. The the book is out on the Titans on what to do now. The Titans make it very difficult to stop them from doing it. That's kind of the way they play football and I like that but I think it would be smart for the Titans to have that option and as much as I would love to trade up for Pitts and you know I flirted with that idea on Twitter he's just gonna go way too high I think Atlanta at number four is probably his ceiling um, but I don't see him dropping out of the top 10 because of his talents if he drops out of the top 10 say pick 11 say pick 12 then yes I fully endorse trading up you could probably trade 53 and then uh, a sixth round pick which the Titans have a few of those and get up whether people would want to do that I don't know but for me for Pitts yes because he's somebody who gives you a matchup advantage all the time and can line up one-on-one and beat man coverage in any situation. I think he does have the ability to be a Kelsey, uh, a Kelsey, uh, a Kelsey, a Kittle, a Waller. So to me, he would be worth moving up to do that. But that's going to do it for this first section of Mailbag Monday questions. I'm going to get into the second portion of Mailbag Monday questions next. Before we get into that, though, do want to give you guys an update on Bill Bar Madness. So finally, we are in to the flavorful four and today's matchup is going to be the cookies and cream against the cookie dough chunk with a chance to be in the championship and for me personally I gotta go with the cookie dough chunk a cookie dough chunk beat birthday cake and we talked about that matchup previously and I said I'd probably go with the birthday cake because of the flavor but I felt terrible because you guys know I love any of the bars that have chunk in them because of the texture. So with with that in mind, with cookies and cream versus cookie dough chunk, I am definitely going to go with the cookie dough chunk, that excellent texture, that crispiness. I absolutely love it. And based on the options that remain that I'm seeing here, cookie dough chunk is probably going to be my pick for the championship. But we will talk about the other flavorful four matchup in tomorrow's show, I do believe, so that we can talk about what the matchup could be in the championship. But I am voting for Cookie Dough Chunk. If you guys want to place your vote on these two flavors, you can do so at BuiltBar.com or go to their Twitter at Bar underscore Built and make sure that you check back to see who's won. Also, go to BuiltBar.com right now. Use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your next order on the best tasting protein bars ever. It is time to empty out the mailbag. Going to round out today's show, finishing off answering your guys' questions. So we are going to dive right back into all of the mailbag madness here. And the next question that I have is from Wante. It's Ginger Nation. <laughs> on Twitter. He says, is there a scenario where Titans take an outside linebacker at 22? And that's part of the nightmare scenario we talked about to start off today's show in our mock draft Monday. 
I don't think there's a lot of value in taking an edge rusher at 22 in this draft. None of them are clear standouts. It's all kind of about what type of flavor you really like in your edge rusher. So depending on who's there, depending on the way the board breaks, maybe. But if the Titans wanted to get another edge rusher, I would hope that they would find a way to trade down into the mid-30s and and then look for somebody there. So that's how I feel about it. I don't feel like there's good value at edge rusher, outside linebacker at 22, especially at the Titans. Just paid big money for Bud Dupree, and I think Harold Landry deserves an extension next offseason. The next question that we have is from ChemGuy101, and he says, do the Titans have a coach on the staff that is a pass rush specialist? I know know they don't in name, but I'm not sure about the background of their outside linebacker coaches. So the outside linebacker coach for the last few years has been Shane Bowen, and I've actually talked about how we haven't really seen a lot of development in the way of pass rush from the guys on the team. Derek Roberson is a good pass rusher, but he still wins with his initial athleticism. Same thing with Harold Landry. They don't have a lot of pass rush moves. It's something that I think Jeffrey Simmons is lacking right now as well. So in my opinion, no. The Titans coaching staff does not have a pass rush specialist, and maybe they need to consider bringing on a former NFL player of some kind, which obviously Mike Vrabel, a former outside linebacker himself, who likes to get in the trenches and mix things up with prospects, but we haven't seen an enough development from the Titans players in that realm. So maybe bringing in somebody who could help would be um, would be beneficial for the Titans coaching staff. But from what we've seen from Mike Vrabel, what makes you believe that Mike Vrabel would evaluate himself and think, hey, I need to bring another guy in here to coach up my pass rushers? Just not something that I think is going to happen. Next question here is from Scott Germain. Uh, He says, do you think J-Rob is more likely to see how the board plays out or is he dead set on unloading a few later picks to go up and get a blue chip given they have nine picks coming? Okay, Scott, this is what I've been arguing for most of the offseason. I've been saying trade up year. The Titans have nine picks. Okay, you got a, a compensatory pick coming. They got the seventh round pick from the Dolphins. They got the sixth round pick from Jarrell Casey. It's time for the Titans to mortgage some of these later round draft picks and move up. And it doesn't even have to be in the first round. Like you're saying, go up and get a blue chip prospect. Yeah, I'd love to see them go up and get a JC Horn, go up and get a Kyle Pitts, maybe even a Devontae Smith. If they fall outside the top 10, absolutely Patrick Sertan as well. Those are probably the four guys who I would, I would realistically think could drop out of the top 10 to pick 11 or 12 that the Titans should go up up and get if that happens yes but think about it differently what if the titans stick at 22 and get a tevin jenkins get a rashad bateman get a greg newsom and then they navigate the middle rounds using those late round picks the titans tie their uh sixth round pick to their second round pick and move up from 53 to 39 or um the titans take pick 100 and pick 22 and move up to 14. You know, there are different scenarios. Think if the Titans take their latest sixth round pick or their seventh round pick that they acquired and match that up with their fifth round pick and move back into the fourth round. So now they have two fourth round picks. Basically, the opportunities are endless when you have that much ammo. And I do think it's a great year for John Robinson to package picks together end up with about five prospects in the draft class at big-time positions. Wide receiver, cornerback, edge, offensive tackle, and then let's say 
interior offensive line or interior off-ball linebacker. You know what I mean? Wherever the value is on that last pick. Or say six. They turn nine drop picks into six players. That's something that I think the Titans need to consider doing and they have the ammo to do that. And if they hit on four or five of those guys, it could make a Super Bowl difference for the Titans. And that's what all of my decision-making and all of my opinions ultimately come from is how the Titans can win a Super Bowl. Next, Bruce Norris says, with 17 games becoming official, do you know the rotation of divisions for new opponents? I know we get the NFC South this year. How will they fall after this year? So the answer to this question is it lags a year behind, uh, two years behind on what division your opponent is going to come from, and then it lags one year behind on who you're going to play. So the way that this works, to give you an example, the reason that the Titans are playing the Saints this year is because in 2019, two years prior to the 2021 season, the Titans played the NFC uh, South in total. They played the Bucks, the Panthers, the Saints, and the Falcons. So that means in 2019, they played the NFC South. In 2020, the Titans finished in first in their division. The Saints finished in first in their division. So in 2021, the Titans play the Saints. You can follow that formula. Last year, the Titans played the NFC North in totality. So in 2022, let's say the Titans win the division and the Packers win the division again. That means in 2022, the Titans would play the Packers again. Now it'll flip then and they'll play in Green Bay because it's going to flip each year. The Titans play the Saints at home. They'll play the 17th game on the road and it'll go back and forth like that. But basically you can always know who the Titans are going to have a chance to play by what division in the NFC they are playing in totality. And then you'll know for certain which team in that division they will play the next season after you see where the Titans and the teams in that division line up. So that's how you'll always be able to know the formula and and that'll kind of tell us who the Titans will play going forward. We won't know the teams, but the divisions you can kind of keep in a rotation because it's every four years for the division. So it'll just be two years behind in, in in the rotation of the schedule. So you'll always be able to follow it there. Kevin K. Sej, my boy, what's up? He said, uh, with the way it was for you last time, are you planning to, or, oh, he's talking about last season. With the way uh, it went last time, are you planning to catch a Titans game this upcoming year? Oh, he's talking about the Bengals game. Yeah. If so, which one? Also, if logistics weren't an issue, which one would you want to go to? So that question is actually pretty easy for me to answer. I was very upset about the way the Bengals game went, but for me, that's always my experience with going to games in Cincinnati. So I'm not going to let that deter me from going to games this year, especially if the world gets a little bit closer back to normal. It's only right that I go out and celebrate by going to games. But for me, uh, I always go to the game in Indianapolis every year because that's an easy drive logistically speaking. I do want to go to one home Titans game and I think out of all of the options, I would want to go to the Bills game. I like Josh Allen. I've been a big fan of him since the pre-draft process uh, before he was drafted. So I think the Bills are a really good team. I think it's a good measuring stick game for the Titans in a game that I think they could win. So I'd like to go watch the Bills versus the Titans in Nashville. Uh, As for the game I would go to if logistics weren't an issue at all, that's pretty easy one for me. I mentioned it already when we talked about it before, but that's the Seattle game. I would love to go to Seattle, one, just as a city and check out the West Coast and and the Northwest there. 
But the environment with the 12th man, uh, I think that would be great. Russell Wilson has been one of my favorite players since he came into the NFL, and it helps that he's been in the NFC, so he's never gone uh, up against the Titans consistently or prevented them from going to the playoffs or anything like that. So I really like Russell Wilson. It would be fun to watch him in Seattle if he's still in Seattle, which I think he will be. But yeah, if logistics weren't an issue, I would go uh, all the way to Seattle and check out that game because I want to experience that environment. I'm big on things like that. Uh, next is a question from that ginger, ginger mania 24. He says with the defense being revamped, do you see it possible to trade Evans and see what Brown and long jr can do together? So I'm, I floated that idea earlier. Uh, I think it was last week. If the Titans can, I think David long and Jay on Brown are a better inside linebacker duo on a three down basis. Anyways, um, I think the Titans will have the opportunity to use Rashawn Evans as more of an edge rusher, and maybe that'll increase his value, which could increase the likelihood that they could get a trade-off since he will be in the last year of his contract. Maybe another team would like to get him in the building and see what he can do at a new position. That would all be interesting to me. Will the Titans do that? I don't know, but I'm hoping so. But me personally, yeah, I I would definitely I would definitely try to try to take advantage of that. And it eliminates the need for pass rusher high in the draft if now you have Rashawn Evans as a depth piece there. So I just think that's something something to consider. And then the final question I have here at the end of the mailbag is from Franco, and he says, if Lamb talking about Kendall Lamb, is better at pass protection than Ty, Ty Simbrilo. Is it worth having Henry have 1,600 yards instead of 2,000 and Tannehill having more time to pass? Uh, Ty Simbrilo has a bad habit of dropping his head when pass blocking, taking his eyes off the opponent. Good scouting there, Franco. I like that. But yeah, that's kind of what I've been hinting at is... I would like to see the Titans diversify the offense a little more. Yes, we know that Derrick Henry can go for 2,000 yards if he needs to. We, we do know that now. But what the Titans need is when the run isn't working and you can't get to the play action, what can the Titans do then? So they need to work on that part of their offense. And if Kendall Lamb gives them a better opportunity to have success in the passing game, then yes, I do believe. Because here's the thing. Ryan Tannehill doesn't need a lot of time with the play action. Play action gives you advantages, creates windows. It's when he just drops back to pass in a normal situation that he needs more time. So improved pass protection at you know the, the sacrifice of a little bit of run blocking, I would be okay with because we know if the Titans go fully focused on the run game, then they're going to be able to have success doing that in most circumstances. So let's, even if the Titans could run the ball down the throat of an opponent, we still need to use the opportunities that we have to improve other parts of the offense. So when we get into the playoffs, we can have more success there. So that's going to do it for the mailbags. I also want to shout out a couple reviews that I got as well. Tyler C, as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, had a five-star review, and I really do appreciate the reviews. And it was from last Monday, my birthday, and he'll ref, uh, and we'll hear that reference later. But he says, "Killing it right as he hits the big three zero. Yep, thank you. Uh, great podcast where he works around the clock, giving you your daily Titans podcast. That is true. I do. Uh, I literally work around the clock all week. Uh, has been calling Titans moves all off season. Thank you. Hat tip. Yes, I have. Even if I don't like the moves and they hurt my heart, for real, it's a five star podcast. Thank you, Tyler. Uh, and I tried to get you guys ready for some of the moves people didn't 
didn't expect or didn't want to hear. Uh, at least I was trying to. Anyways, the next one comes from Paul87. It says, amazing podcast. Another five-star review. Thank you, Paul. Super informative podcast by Tyler. Love listening to his breakdowns. And I love that you listen, so thank you very much. But that's going to do it for me today, folks. That's going to do it for our return to a Mock Draft Monday and a Mailbag Monday. I will be back with you guys tomorrow. As always, I am your host, Tyler Rowland, and this was Locked on Titans.